We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How you doing? It's Tuesday. Ivy Nation Sports Talk up and rolling along with Jesse Styers. I'm Sean Styers. Just got uh, rained on in West Virginia, huh? Yeah, so we were on a hike and it uh we were we were very we went up the hill, up the mountain to start and then it downpoured at the top and then so we were trying to go down while it was also raining. So very slippery. You have a uh a medium bar for you today Derek saying let's have a good clean show today boys no profanity no more profanity and vulgar conversation uh you know Vince Vince dropped something at the end of uh yesterday's show had to clean it up a little bit on the uh the posting of the podcast and all that kind of stuff so keep it clean um it's gonna be interesting to see how the chat goes here today the topic of the show I'll tell you what it posted this on Twitter earlier today and uh, you know this was uh you know so, sometimes we have to work a little bit harder to come up with topics at this time of year other times well if Twitter is any indication you know it's it's kind of like throwing raw meat into a closet with a pack of, pack of starving wolves what's the most frustrated you've ever been watching Notre Dame football and you know, again, basing this on the Twitter response today, I didn't realize we were going to need psychiatric help for some people who have just been scarred for most of their lives, apparently, watching uh, watching Notre Dame football. Where uh, where do you want to start, Jess? Do you have one that, that jumps off the top of the list for you, the most frustrated you've ever been watching Notre Dame football? Yeah, I have a couple that come to mind, and... I think I like um, I like mine because they span like uh, like every four or five years. It feels okay. like I have them as, as in different kind of segments um, of my life, essentially. Kind of like, you know, like when I was 10, when I was 15, when I was 20, <laughs> when I was 25. Like there's one kind of staggered right. in there every five years or so. Your youth, your adolescence, your young adulthood, whatever you want to call it, you know. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, give give me uh, give me your first one. So the first one that came to mind uh, was the earlier stages, and it was Notre Dame USC 
I think when you you talk about that one, it's it's pretty you know it's pretty obvious what that one's going to be. Um, I was at this game; it was the Bush push game, and I think what was more frustrating was not actually the push itself, but the wide receiver screen that got him down there about 90 percent of the way. Very simple play. The Bush push really should have never happened. Master I'm Jared. more upset yeah. with the screen play that happened before it because it's a, just a complete mental lapse on defense. It's a great play by Pete Carroll because it's basically just a run play on the perimeter and there was just no one out there. You know, Kirk Herbstreit likes to say an extension of the run game. That's exactly what it was before it was popular to say that. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of responses and the Bush push is one of them. And there are some different people who have said Bush push. I see Vince jumping in here right now. Did, did I'll, you know, Vince was going to pinch hit for you because we were worried you weren't going to show up. <laughs> Vince and I were originally going to do this yesterday, and then we decided to go blue chip ratio, which I think a lot of people ended up enjoying the blue chip ratio conversation yesterday, Vince. I'll I'll let you do the pop in here real quick. Uh -oh. You know, okay. you and I were at the Bush Push game. <sighs> Jesse was just talking Bush Push. Is is that the top of your list, or would there be something else that goes to the top of your list of frustration? There were two that would qualify for me. And okay. I was at, I was in attendance at both. Right. Okay. So Bush push, no doubt about it. I was on the field when we thought that Notre Dame won, when liner rolls out to the left, we see the ball explode into the air. We're thinking it's game over. There's it's going it's over. on. The ball looked like it was in the air long enough. You know, Absolutely. Like the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That one. And then to be told to go back off the field and then to see the bush. I mean, we were, you and I were 20 yards away from the play itself. Mm -hmm. And I super elation to just utter disappointment in the span of like 30 seconds. So it was horrible. The other one was up same kind of a situation, right? Up at Michigan stadium. When uh, I forget all the player Denard Robinson, I believe uh, was the quarterback. Notre Dame goes down and scores at the last one of the last at the last second. And then what? Three plays later, something like that. Michigan goes down the other way. I'm, you know, thinking when Notre Dame scored, I'm elated. I'm I'm ecstatic. I'm on the field. I'm looking at, you know, what is it? 110,000 people in Michigan Stadium just going bonkers. And I'm like, yeah, you suck. You suck. And I'm having a great time. And then it took like three plays for Michigan to go down. Michigan to go down and score the game-winning touchdown with like no time left on the clock, like that. Those are the two times in my life where I went from just absolute elation to absolute just depression, like instantly, no doubt. Yeah, my, those are good ones. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The one I think that has to top my list, nineteen, you know, the 1993 Boston College game, yeah. and that one has, you know, come up a handful of times because, of course, it came the week after the win over Florida State. Everyone's writing, and it's like, I, it, it took so long to get over that, you know, just because of the national championship implications, should have won a second national championship in five years, didn't happen, you know, you go, and I, and I remember – um, my buddy Tavis, Jesse, you, you know, Tavis, he's from Kansas. We watched that game together in this rickety, the first apartment mm-hmm. my wife and I lived in after we got married. And, uh, you know, we were, we were, it was like freezing in the apartment because there's barely any heat. It had these concrete walls and like every winter, you know, we had to put up the plastic over the windows and all that Ooh. stuff to keep the drafts out and all that. Ooh. But watching that it just sheer agony watching that game. Um, But the one for me, this is really a random game and a game that they actually ended up winning, but it kind of turned my mindset in terms of like doing this for a living Hmm. kind of thing. It was 2002. They're at Michigan state. They had just beaten. This is Tyrone Willingham's first season, you know, 2002. They had just beaten Michigan at home the week before. And it's like, Notre Dame is back, you know, after, you know, because they changed head coaches, all this different stuff. They beat Michigan. It's looking awesome. They go to Michigan State, and it's looking like they're going to lose. And, it, it like, Charles Rogers scores the go-ahead touchdown with less than two minutes to go for Michigan State. And I remember getting up out of my couch, and I was so frustrated, and I, like – I was like putting my hands over my head and I was like walking into the kitchen and I did this. I kind of swung my, my arms very hard. There was a wall there and there ended up being a hole in the wall. They ended up winning when, when Pat Dillingham hit Arnaz battle with a 60 yard touchdown pass, like 30 seconds later, they end up winning, but it, it just like, it, it told me that I had to dial down the emotion to do this for a living and not, you know, just be a total fan trying to, you know, and and that whole thing. So, you know, again, they ended up winning. But, like, that moment, that point, even though they won, like, when Charles Rogers scored that touchdown, Maurice Stovall, you know, had it. You know, that was like the one where he ended up on the cover of Sports Illustrated, yeah. like, the week later, if you remember that. And I think I it was, you know, like, Notre Dame is back, and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, that's that was mine. We've got a lot of different responses. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I got a Vince, couple more coming. Yeah, hang on. I, I wanted to mention 
there were a couple, you know, a couple of these Twitter responses because we got a unique one. Speaking of like being from Kansas, one of my buddies who I went to to Kansas with, he replied on on Twitter today. This was kind of a, a unique perspective because we follow each other on Twitter. But Notre, remember, Notre Dame and Kansas played in 1999. Very forgettable game from yeah, both the Notre Dame and Kansas standpoint. But Notre Dame won like 48 to 13. My buddy Kevin Romery tweeted at me. He said uh, this game, and he tweeted, you know, like the YouTube of of the game, and it was the Kansas Notre Dame game. <laughs> he said, he said this game after about three minutes because that's about all it took for Notre Dame to turn it into a route. So that's fair. You know, again, the other side of it, but interesting nonetheless. What's another one for you, Jess? Um, these two I'm going to lump together: uh, the 2006 Fiesta Bowl. And the 2007 Sugar Bowl, Ohio okay. State and LSU. Um, I just really enjoyed those teams, um, and they got thumped in both of those games. That Ohio State game ended up looking closer in the box score, um, but they got routed in both of those games. One by Jamarcus Russell, um, and I forget who was Ohio State's quarterback at the time. But it just, you know, those were like um, it. Those were demoralizing to me because growing up, it always felt like you know everyone was like, "Oh, Notre Dame can't hang with the big boys," and like, oh, no, they can, they can. And then they get stomped, you know, in the BCS bowl game. So uh, those were those were um, some some other ones up there for me. Vince, you missed it. I'm kind of doing it like Troy in segments. Smith. I have some... Troy Smith, I believe, wasn't it? The the Ohio State yes. quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That 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 particular Fiesta Bowl, I just that was just like Ohio State receivers, you know, running oh. like sprints past Notre Dame defensive backs. Yeah. It was just well was brutal. And, and, you know, what I remember about the the LSU game that Jesse's talking about, I mean, that pretty much launched Jamarcus Russell into the number one overall pick. Yeah. And and I remember watching that game thinking to myself, people are going to think this guy is really good, and he's just picking on a really bad <laughs> Notre Dame secondary. Notre Dame secondary, two years and, in a row we saw. I mean, just play. a bad Notre Dame secondary. I remember that really, really well. And all of a sudden, I'm like, he's going to be the number one pick because of this, and it's never going to work. And I remember telling people, like, Jamarcus Russell's not as good as people think. Like, he wasn't playing against a very good secondary yeah. in this game. This was, like, the only nationally televised game he had. And, like, he was obviously – And we didn't realize how lazy up. Jamarcus Russell was well, going to be right. either. You know? I mean, that, that just added to anything. it. Like, yeah. I didn't think he was that good of a football player to begin with. But then you I add on either. to the work ethic, and it was like, this guy's a loser. Uh, yeah. But he can thank Notre Dame for all the millions of dollars that he did get for the signing bonus or whatever he got mm-hmm. from uh, being picked number one because he didn't deserve it, and Notre Dame made him look really good, really good. Some uh, some different responses. Remember Little Giants? Oh. The Michigan State? That's – This is – I'm going to sound like a terrible person, but that's the first time in my life I was ever ha- happy somebody had a heart attack. <laughs> what? Don't you remember Mike D'Antonio no, had remember. a heart attack. Why are you happy he had a heart because attack? Because I was so mad about that play. So mad. But they still, that was just the downfield block. The the illegal downfield block on that play still drives me nuts. That's At, the first thing I think about. Well, the touchdown, that, that a flag should have been thrown and it was never thrown. Well, and they, they didn't even get the, the playoff on time. The It was zeros on the play clock. Number, that that was part of it. Right, yep. and then Zibikowski falls down. I'm I'm pretty sure. Like it was just a con- just a bunch of crap that went down. And then when I heard he had a tart- heart attack, I was like, "Good, yeah!" Like terrible, terrible human, terrible human that day. 
but I don't care. I was happy. Do you remember that one, Jess? Little Giants? Or little yeah, yeah, oh yeah. That was uh I remember I think you know I, I Notre Dame was up towards the end in that game, if it were, if I recall what right. And I remember being at like Walt or Martin's or somewhere because we I was running around with mom somewhere and I caught the end of it on TV somewhere and I was like, there's just no way. And I just remember being in Martin's just kind of like in shock that that really happened. Like it's one of those plays where you see it and you're like, there's no way that that actually happened. Right. And then (laughs) you just you don't feel comfortable accepting what happened for at least like an hour or two. And that's definitely one of those moments. Lance, the Tennessee game in 1991. You guys probably don't remember this. I was—I remember specifically being in college, watching this game with another buddy of mine who was a, a Notre Dame fan. They blew the 21-point lead. They had like a huge lead at halftime. They've blown leads a couple of different times to Tennessee. The 91 game was a home game. Johnny Majors, I believe, was still mm-hmm. the head coach at at Tennessee. Watching Notre Dame take a lead against Michigan and Denard Robinson give it up the long touchdown pass to snatch defeat from the jaws of yeah, victory. That's the one. Another one. Yep. That's what that you're talking horrible. about there. Horrible. Yep. It's the one and exactly. only I think I've been to Michigan stadium once, maybe twice, but that time, obviously, because I remember it very, they had like these, uh, these bracelets that you could wear and they were like glowy in the darky kind of thing. And it was it was such a cool atmosphere. I will say that, even though it was Michigan, I never want to go back. Like I have such horrible <laughs> memories from that game and from all from Michigan people in general. I never want to ever go back. Uh, it was just it was that bad of a day. For, I'm traumatized from that game. Yeah, James winning the game of the century against Florida State, then falling against Boston College I mean, the following week. Do you remember that, Vince? Like, do you have memory of that at all? You were a little still bit. fairly young, but yeah, I was twelve. Um, yeah. I, I I remember it kind like I remember Notre Dame winning, right? I remember that, and then I remember just them like thinking about the national championship and all of these different things, and of course them losing to Boston College. I like I remember it. I don't know that I watched it like with you know intent, uh, but I remember it happening. You know, since I lived in town and all of that fun stuff, and I remember you know, what's funny is I remember. Uh, there was a, a player for Notre Dame, and I can't remember who it was. And he he goes off to the NFL the next year, and he had a buddy who was at Florida State, and the Florida State guy was like rubbing in, you know, rubbing his nose into the ring. You know, he's like, ah, oh, look at my ring, look at my ring. He's like, yeah, you see that one right there? He goes, Notre Dame will always be on your ring, you know, like that kind of a thing. Like I remember oh, that man. kind of stuff for some reason, but yeah, rub it in, rub yeah. it in. Brutal. So there's a guy named Craig Hickman who we had a lot of Twitter responses. He had a uh, he had a full list. Ooh, man! <laughs> like here's here's everything Craig Hickman sent. 2010 Tulsa. I think we can all agree with that. 2011 South Florida and Michigan. Okay. 2013 Stanford. I think that was the one. Was that the the dive in the end zone? Like it should have been the touchdown, and then they went to replay, and they said the. Uh, you know, it should have been a touchdown oh, pass. But the yeah. ball moved, but they never showed the ball hit the ground. There was just movement. It looked like his hand was underneath it. I think that was 2013. Uh, 2014, the second half of the season. Yeah. 2015, Stanford. That was one of mine, the 38-36 Stanford game, where they scored to go up with like 30 seconds left, and then Stanford went down and kicked a field goal. And at that point, they only had oh, one man. loss. 
and it took away a New Year's Six Bowl and maybe even mm -hmm. a, a playoff hope at the time as well. Right. And Stanford, they were like number four at the time. And I think Stanford was, was still a top Stanford, 20 team. Right. Yeah, it was at yeah. Stanford. Um, and then another game that season I want to say, was, was that like, no, that would have been post Toby Gerhardt by then, I think, if I remember right. But go ahead. The yeah. next one was that same season. And it was the Clemson game where they lost by two. They scored a touchdown. Torrey Honey Jr. scored a touchdown. And then Kaiser had to go for two and got stuffed up the middle. Uh, so their two losses that season were by two points to Clemson and Stanford. And, and it's like that, that could have been an undefeated season potentially and another, you know, national championship appearance. Yep. Yep. So Craig continues 2017, Georgia, 2018, Clemson. That was of course the game down at Clemson, 2019, Georgia and Michigan. That Michigan game was the game in the rain. A lot of, you know, we've seen that. Oh, that a lot of people talking about that. The game in the I rain. I was at that game. That game was sucked. <laughs> yes. 2020 Clemson and Alabama those are of course the ACC championship and the playoff game 2021 Cincinnati Oklahoma State and then last year Ohio State Marshall Stanford so Craig um I'm guessing is on That's some kind of, of heart medication yeah. or you know high blood pressure or Man. something to have a list like that That's yeah I mean... <laughs> go wow. ahead Jess people are talking about and, you know, I think Joe just asked about the two rain games. There was the North Carolina State game. I didn't care about that game because they were already bad that season. So it really didn't matter. It was just kind of like, That's you know, the icing point. on the cake. That, that whole season was just point. a wash to me. Like that game sucked, but that whole season sucked. So who really cares about that season? It literally ended up being a wash. So, yeah, that was bad. That was that one was really bad, though. Yeah. Yeah. Another one was the pick play against uh, Florida, Florida State. State. No. That one sucked because that was my freshman year of college, and mm. we were at this huge house party. And I mean, I was clearly a Notre Dame fan, and and I was going to school in Michigan, so not not I wasn't you know a lot of people didn't really align with me and my Notre Dame fandom. And I just remember everyone was huddled around this TV at the party for the last play, and Notre Dame gets it, and I just started going crazy, and everyone else is like quiet in the room and then it gets called back and then everyone's just like laughing at me and making fun of me and i was like well this really sucks uh, that does suck to be like the lone you know whatever especially mm -hmm. when you're in someone else's kind of like territory. standing in the middle of michigan stadium like that uh, kind of what yeah I that remember. one sucked too because i was again wearing all green in a monsoon of rain inside right. michigan stadium yep and they got waxed. They just couldn't stop them from running the ball the entire game. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Greg Erbo from Kansas, the double overtime loss to UConn in 2009. He said he sat in the stands for 30 minutes until some guy told him to get out. I'd like <laughs> to hear more about that some guy told him to get out and, like, what, what that is all about. It was actually, probably an usher. Oh, Greg, like, but it could have been, you, out of here. You're, you're, you're too mad about this Time to go. Time to clear out the stadium. They're they're getting ready to do that walk that they do from one end of the stadium uh -huh. to the other. <laughs> the upside of that game was that ended up kind of being the last straw for Charlie Weiss, and that's, that's true. when they decided to make the change and they went to Brian Kelly. And again, you can you know love or hate Brian Kelly now. How many years later? Fourteen years later, but Notre Dame football got better. Yes, it did. After a point, you know, so. But yeah, a few people mentioned that UConn game as well. And again, that was like, like especially when you look at where UConn is now, to know that Notre Dame 
lost that game to UConn in 2009. That's just one of those. How about uh, moments. how about the first time that Notre Dame lost to Navy in like 60 years or whatever? Mm-hmm. That was a rough one. Wasn't that the um, same season as the four and eight season? Wasn't there just a lot of bad things that season? Yeah, 2007. Yeah, I mean, they lost to, yeah, they lost to Air Force as well that year. Lost that was a bad year, academies. obviously. But yeah, yes. that was bad. Yes, it was. Florida Irishman is another what one. Was, uh, what was the list. game where they lost and people just started chucking snowballs onto the field? That was either Syracuse or UConn. I think it were, was Syracuse. I think it was Syracuse. They were both very, you know, they were they were both senior day. Games. Wasn't that the game yeah, that Manti Teo was at? The Syracuse game? What do you like mean? For a, for a like uh, visiting? His, his recruiting visit. He didn't even I make it to halftime. Had to go inside, like the whole thing, and somehow he still, you know, decided to come to Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. so everyone's confirming in the chat, Syracuse and Manti visited. So everyone yeah. was right. Yeah. Oh. Florida Irishman's got a list. Boston College after beating Florida State. Okay, that one we've kind of hit. He also said Michigan and Denard Robinson gaining over 600 yards. Horrible. That's the one that, that we were talking about. So right on par there. Ball State domination of – that Notre Dame's was, offensive line. The fighting Danny Pinners. That was uh, <laughs> that, that was rough. He almost scored a touchdown in that game. Remember mm-hmm. that? Like I have yep. never in my life wanted the opposing team to score on Notre Dame more than I wanted Danny Pinner to score <laughs> in that game. That was all. And by and for, and just so did. those people in the chat understand, Danny Pinner is a kid that that I coached. He's a teammate of yours, wasn't he, Jesse? Was he still? Was he on the oh, team? Yeah. You were there. Yeah. So teammate of Jesse, younger than Jesse. Okay. Yeah. Teammate of Jesse's, um, played right tackle for or played a tackle position for Ball State, and uh, now plays for the Colts. He plays guard for the Colts, right. and uh, they did like a tackle eligible play in that game, and he caught it, but uh, was just shy of the end zone. And I had to like muzzle myself because I was so excited that he was about to score a touchdown in Notre Dame Stadium. But uh, that was a horrible game. I mean, from this a Notre Dame a- perspective, horrible. Yeah. This is a good answer from Johnny. Every Boston College loss. That's like every I mean, the early two thousands. Oh, two thousand two, and then yeah, it's yeah. just like they just started planting the flag the all the time. Thing, yeah. Like oh, there's a lot of not good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, another one from Florida Irishman said Bush push Ooh. on his birthday. I mean, insult to injury. It's bad enough Ooh. Bush push, but the fact that it was on your birthday as well, you'll never be able to forget that. Obviously. And uh, he finished up with false clipping call on the rocket touchdown. And that was probably, for me, like, even though I was in my, what, early 20s, I guess, by that point. But that was, like, the big, like, like the first real bitter taste of my mouth mm. watching Notre Dame. You know, because they're only, what, two years, you know, two plus years removed from winning a national championship. They've still got rockets, so much talent, playing Colorado, back-to-back years in the orange bowl rocket seemingly, you know, it's basically like the pick play that you're talking about rocket seemingly salvages the game with that punt return at the end for that phantom block in the back call, which was total BS, total BS blocked him in the shoulder pad. I had a couple more come to mind. The more we think, talk about it, the more I have come to mind. More you go down to negative town, isn't it? Yeah, 2011 South Florida, where they had like five turnovers 
Yep. That one I, sucked yep. a lot. That was the the remember it was the two hour rain delay. Remember that that was we were at Notre Dame Stadium, Sean. That's right, longer. the halftime rain delay. Like yep. it was horrible. And then they changed quarterbacks at halftime, like that. Oh, that I was. was I covered the College World Series that summer, and there was like a mat. You know, it was the same deal, like massive storm, tornado warnings. They cleared the press box. In yeah. Omaha, we all had to go to the basement, you know, of the of the stadium. And if you remember that South Florida game, they did the same. Like they didn't, they clear didn't the do press the box, but they cleared, they cleared the, stadium. the stadium. Yeah, yeah, they cleared the stadium, and that you know, two. So it was like in the same in a span of about four or five months, <laughs> I was in two places, exact same thing, where they're like clearing the stadium. These tornadoes are coming, storms are coming. You know, take yeah. shelter. The next horrible. one I had was um, two thousand seven. Jesse, were you you were in Omaha when that storm came, weren't you? Didn't you guys have – you remember it, it was at the new stadium. Weren't you – didn't you have to go across the street into the convention center because oh, like, yeah. there was a big storm? Because yes. you guys were out in the in the, in the the ballpark for that game. Yeah, That's we right. were out in the bleachers. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that now. It just – Before I forget, the next one I was going to say is 2007 Michigan. I believe they, like, dominated Penn State. Everyone was like, oh, Notre Dame's back. And I'm pretty sure it was at no, that home against Michigan. I think that was 2000. No, it wouldn't have been 2007 because they lost to Penn State and Michigan that year. Okay. Whatever. They beat Michigan, Penn State I and then got Penn dominated by Michigan at home, I'm pretty sure. And Mike Hart had himself a game. Vince, didn't you and I go to the 2007 Michigan game? Charlie Weiss was still – you know, that was that was the whole – after the Michigan game, if you remember, Charlie White said, "Oh, you know, we, we got to go back to training camp." That was oh, the whole. Oh yeah, game. well, zero to thirty-eight. I mean, it was that was right thirty-eight. Horrible nothing. game. Yeah, right. And then I think it might have been the next week they lost to Penn State. They just obviously that was they, not, not. They lost. Season. So that season, two thousand seven, started out with a home loss to Georgia Tech, thirty-three to three. Then they went to Penn State, lost thirty-one to ten. Penn State before. Yeah. Then they went to Michigan and lost 38 to nothing, came home and lost to Michigan State 31 to 14. Went on the road and lost to Purdue 33 to 19. So they they started Just the got handled out. by the Big 10. 0 oh, and 5 and four of those games were the Big 10. Yes. Man. Decaf brings up a good point. I remember being at that South Florida game and it was so scorching hot outside and then the rain came and it was just super humid and muggy after. It's just like one of those worst type of week. It reminds me of a game Vince, I don't know if you remember this one. I think it was our junior year high school at Clay, and it just downpoured oh. and lightning at half, and it was just super yep. muggy. And in the second half, I remember making tackles, and my my hamstrings were just cramping everywhere. Every time there was instant contact, my hamstrings were just cramping. And I remember I just have to like lay there, you know, with the guy I just tackled for a second, grab my hamstring, and then get back up and act like my hamstrings were just cramping the entire time. I remember that because we didn't even go inside for halftime. We stayed out, like, out, you know, on our sideline for that. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Whew. I think I was doing stats for that game, and I was taking shelter someplace. <laughs> <laughs> the good old days. Yes. A few from from Twitter. Tom Brennan says this was an interesting spin, you know, because the question, of course, was what's the most frustrated you've ever been? Tom said it's a gift, never a frustration. And I stay until the end regardless. 
That is, I'm like that. I that I'll is stay, devotion and the power of positive thinking, right? There. I'll stay at the end of any game I ever go to because I paid to be there. I'm still a fan at the end of the day, and I feel like if I don't get my full worth, whether it's baseball, football, I feel like I'm losing money. You know, like I didn't, I didn't yeah. fully go to it. Agreed. He didn't. He didn't take after me going to baseball games where we sprint to the exit, you know, to uh, to beat the traffic <laughs> out of town. <laughs> I, I don't like leaving early at all. I don't like leaving early. And... It's funny because I remember when I was in the Army out in California, we went to see a San Francisco Giants game. It was a group of us, and there was, like, the Boston crew that I hung out with. Like, we were watching the game, and it's like – you know, like end of the seventh inning, and they're like, "Ah, come on, let's go. We got to get out of here." And, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? There's two more innings left." I, it was like unheard of for me at that point to ever leave a game early. But of course, the older I got, the more I did the same. Just be, you know, didn't want to deal with the traffic. Yep. But football games are typically a little bit different. But like, I remember Jess and I went to uh, see the Cowboys in Detroit a few years back and they actually replayed it on NFL network last week. And I was texting him. I was like, man, the lions wore black jerseys in that game. I don't remember that, but <laughs> the Cowboys won on like a la like almost last, they scored with like under a minute to play the game winning touchdown. And I, I remember like, it might not have been when they scored the touchdown and then they kicked the extra point to take the lead. But like, as soon as that clock hit zero, Jesse and I were, Sprinting for the exits to get out of there as quickly <laughs> as we could. It was probably so, good as well because we were wearing our Cowboys stuff. Yeah. So I, I just found one. I, someone reminded me of one. I got two more, and I think I'm done. National it's Championship like against life. Alabama. That was uber frustrating because I was at that game. I put in a lot of time and effort and everything to get down there, and it just all came to a, a crashing stop, obviously, when they got stomped by Alabama. So that was super frustrating just because of, like I said, being there and everything else that kind of came with it. That sucked. Um, and then I, what I want to ask you guys about that I guess I, I was just kind of looking at was the 2000 game versus Nebraska. And people are saying that, it, that they got frustrated because Davey got the ball back and rather for going for the win, he played for overtime and they ended up losing, I think, in overtime or double overtime. And Nebraska was number one at the time. And they so were. it was like a good opportunity to take down number one at home. And rather than going for the win, he got conservative, played for overtime, and obviously they lost. I mean, it's typical Bob Davey, you know, that's like that's, oh, that's Bob Davey. Bob Davey played it. He's all about ball. He's a grinder. And, you know, it was like <laughs> people actually felt somewhat good because nebraska was number one and that was like a month before i moved to town because i moved to town in the middle of that season was my first season here and i remember watching that on tv like right after i had interviewed to come here and i'm all excited it's like yeah notre dame's gonna beat nebraska and this is gonna be great and the whole thing and then they ended up losing you know oh. and yeah. It was that you know that was like the Davy Willingham Weiss. Everything was a roller coaster. Putting together, you know, that 0506 when Weiss finally had back to back good years. That was the first time that they had had back to back years, and it looks like they're back at that point. And then obviously, you know, things fell apart in 2007, and that was that much. But that was that that was like that whole era was just like they could never. It was just. That whole, and I've seen other people say it, some on Twitter, you know, some here, 
you know, like the basically the Davy Willingham Weiss years because of that. It was just always, always up and down. There was never yeah. any consistency that you got during that. Some call that a sinusoidal curve. <laughs> Whoa, okay. that was way over my head, Jesse. Yeah, um, sinusoidal. All right then. Uh, what I remember from that game, because I was at that game, I was in the student section for that game, and the best part about that game was the 100-yard kickoff return by Julius Jones and the 83-yard yeah. punt return by Joey Getherall. Yeah. Like you want to you talk about exciting – like, I love special teams, but, like, when when you when you see a return, like, like returns for touchdowns, you know, and you just see – because where the student section is, both of those returns were – going away from the student section, if I'm not mistaken. And you can just see, like, it open up, and it was just like, yeah! Like, oh, <laughs> I just love kick returns, man. It was so awesome. Uh, James said, whatever happened to Eric Crouch? He uh, he entered a radio contest in South Bend, interestingly <laughs> enough. Almost 20 years and ago. And ended up Remember working that? at Bonefish Grill. There was another guy. Vince was in the contest. Yeah. I want a contest. Vince was in the contest. <laughs> there was a guy named Eric Crouch. Not this Eric Crouch, but his name was Eric Crouch. He entered this contest to, you know, to be on the radio against Vince, but he wore an Eric Crouch Nebraska jersey. <laughs> Did he do that? I the contest. About that. Yeah, you don't remember that? He wore oh, an Eric funny. Crouch or yeah, Crouch jersey. That's hilarious. Yeah. You gotta roll with it, man. You gotta do it. Yeah. Where'd that super chat go? So here's Gregory with the super chat. Thank you very much, Gregory. Yeah, man. Said his dad had a superstition about watching Notre Dame games going back to his time as a student, going to see UST, USC make a historic comeback. He looked at the TV. Notre Dame was up 17-3 to against Pitt and said, we're going to lose. I've definitely had those moments. As a, as a fan of someone who's watched for, you know, I, like I'm going on 30 years. You guys are going on, uh, you know, I won't say how many years, Mark. but you're just, you, you get the, like you, you be like, I felt this before. I've seen this before. And especially like in a coaching era specific, you're like, I, I know what's going to happen here. And I think that's, what's even more sad or frustrating at times because you're just like fighting against what you know is what's going to happen. You're trying yeah. to trick yourself that it's not going to happen. And then of course it just, it just happens. And you're like, well, I knew this was going to happen. So how can I be upset? But then you're still upset that it happened. <laughs> it's a vicious will, circle. It is. Well, it is. Being a fan of any team is is vicious. But I mean, you're going to end up as a high or a low or whatever. I One more I want to bring up, and it's very recent, but it's because of everything that surrounded it, right? It was the Fiesta Bowl against, you know, uh, against Oklahoma State because I went to the game. For Irish breakdown, we had like a meet and greet with with fans, and it was like a whole like four or five days of being down there. It was like this whole thing. The first half was unbelievable. You know, Notre Dame was just playing fantastic, <laughs> and I'm just sitting back, just loving life, enjoying Arizona. Like this, it was awesome. It was like the best game ever. And then the second half happened. You were on cloud nine until about second half. Totally was. Like, it was the best trip ever. And then they had to go and blow <laughs> that lead. And it made for a horrible trip home. Because that's all I could think about. And, like, 
we would run into, you know, Oklahoma State people at the hotel and at the airport. And it's like, oh, yeah, great game, guys. Like, it wasn't a great game. Notre Dame blew it. Like, that was horrible. I, and I they couldn't want... end the streak of God. winning a BCS right. or a New Year's mm-hmm. Six. Like, and it just yes. felt like finally the, the weight yes. was going to be lifted. The whole first half. And I'm like, I'm having a good meal during halftime. <laughs> like, life is good. And just terrible. Just I lost a lot of money that day too. After being like so hyped up, you know, I was like, "This is it." Notre Dame was still the underdog. I was like, "I'm gonna put like 200 bucks on this." I felt good about it. (laughs) You know, first half was rolling good, and then I just remember like the second half was just a blur because I was like, I think I was just in decline. And I also, (laughs) this is this is gonna sound funny. But right around that time, I really screwed up my back. I don't know if you guys have ever screwed up your back where, like, you can't stand up straight. I think I pinched a nerve pretty bad back there. And I'm so, twice like, as I was old just, as you, Jesse. Of course I've screwed up my back. Yet, I, can't I was just straight. walking around with a, a golf club as a cane. On, and I just remember being in so much pain. Watching that second half, and I was like, this, I just give up, you know? Like, this is this, – I just can't do it. It was a her- it was a terrible day. It w- it started out as such a wonderful wonderful day, and it just mm-hmm. ended up as a terrible day. Yep, yep. I, I wanted to. There were a, a few others on Twitter that I wanted to make sure that we got in here that I thought some of them, you know, a little bit more more funny. I think Sweet Lou Monica Monaco though said the Ron Paulus years Ooh, were uh, were thing. his most frustrating. Yeah. Nice. I guess, you know, the promise of Bino Cook and the multiple Heisman trophies, you know. Maybe we still get to deal with uh, Ron Paulus now. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's he's still making our lives very interesting as Notre Dame fans. Uh-huh. Nathan tweeted, Marshall, the worst loss I've ever seen Notre Dame play in my lifetime. And I looked at at Nathan's, um, what do you call it? His, Bio. his Twitter photo. He looks pretty oh. young. So, yeah. like. Yeah. So like he looks, you know, somewhere around Jesse's age. So, you know, hang around a little bit, Nathan. You know, if if the Marshall loss is the worst one you've experienced, you know, based on some of the ones we've talked about, you know, you're doing okay so far. But that was that was like I wouldn't put that probably in my top ten, you know, as far as the most frustrated. But again, if you're younger, a little bit, you know, different perspective. Uh, top ten college football talk tweeted. Every game Notre Dame is not in a conference, and I retweeted him. Said, Ooh, "Well, I get." I, I said, "Well, I guess you're in for uh, a lot more frustration then." Yeah, so. that that's clearly he, somebody who's not a fan of Notre Dame and yeah. just wants to be that guy. It's like just be the hater. That's fine. Yep, yep. Um, small game millennial said, "Watching Drew Pine play the starting quarterback." Ooh, is most Ouch. frustrating. Yes. I mean, it wasn't ideal, but he got the job done, and he's someone had two. to do it. He he eight stood up to the challenge. I mean, you know, yeah. eight and two as a starter, I'm pretty sure he exceeded expectations. Let's put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I would say the same. Yep. He won the hard ones and lost the easy ones, too. That's the interesting part. That's the sad part. Yeah, I know, right? Well, I mean, did he win the Clemson game? <laughs> it gets credit for it, but. USMA 87, the scan last year. The the whole thing. Yes. The whole whole offensive strategy for the last two years. Yep. Tommy Guns was saying earlier the 2019 Michigan game of, you know, the game. Yep. 
I guess that's the game in the rain, but that was uh, the rain game. Yeah. Tommy said, you're just trying to get, get me all riled up before I start driving all this Reds traffic. Aren't you? Since hey, I, there's only traffic when the Reds win 10 in a row. Blame the Reds for being hot all of a sudden. I know. Hey, speaking of hot cubbies, I know they're like two uh, over the last 10. Yeah. They're going for Stroh's on the mound tonight. They could pick up another yep. series win already. I've been watching this this streak. I have been watching. I am Just if saying. Mike Talkman doesn't make the All Star game, he he might be the reason why they saved him with Bellinger out. He's batting like three oh one with over a hundred plate appearances, and his on base is crazy. A true leadoff hitter since like Dexter Fowler. I have been, you know, Vince. I got a lot riding on this season and eighty wins, so I've been buckled <laughs> in. And when they're ten games below five hundred, like they were about a week ago, I was uh, I was not feeling too hot. Well, they're on their way back, buddy, and they're heading to London here soon, which will be yeah. Those Cardinals games this that's weekend, gonna be... London. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I actually get to watch those games because one's on Fox and one's on ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I wish you been you. Or I don't wish. I I, I wish. Well, how do I word this? I wish you had Marquee. Obviously, you wish you had Marquee too. Mm-hmm. I wish you had it because Joe Torrey has been doing a lot of uh, Cubs really? marquee games. And I would just be interested to like – Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi. I don't know why I said oh. Torrey. Joe Girardi. Ex, oh, Girardi. Uh, Yankees player, yeah, catcher. Yeah, and, yeah. You He's know, my guy. I like manager. Joe Girardi. He's an um, ex-Cubs catcher. Yeah. And so it was – It was. Um, it's cool to listen to him. And I would just be curious to see how you guys – I wanted him as the manager it. when he was kind of up for it. Well, if, if David ago. Ross continues to do his thing, there might be an opening in the Chicago that might be area. Why Girardi's with him, around. you know, yeah, he knows so much about the team, and he's working with Mark. Here's, here's the problem I've got with that. One, the Phillies got much better after they fired him last year. They went to the World Series after that's that true. That's true. Good season last year. Two, like the whole, I, I don't get the impression that he's into the analytics which if you're going to bit you know play for most you know if you're going to manage most teams these days you've got to be into the analytics especially the cubs though the cubs though are very analytically driven. not with the giant bases now you can steal and do all <laughs> kinds of different things <laughs> that's right maybe it's back to old school ball that's right maybe you'd be right stealing up stealing bases with the giant bases uh i was looking to see if there were any more that I wanted. There were some old ones from like way back when the uh, there was a USC game. Anthony Davis scoring six touchdowns against Notre Dame. This was like he said when he was a kid. He watched in horror as Anthony Davis scored six touchdowns. Dad and I were huge Notre Dame fans living in Southern California at the time, and that's that's what's really you know. Again, it's it's the worst when you. Um, you know, like I lived in Colorado for a time and I was very anti Denver Bronco and they won both of their John Elway Super Bowls when Ooh. I was living in Colorado. So that was not a lot of fun. Like when you live in yeah. you know, a place where the fans just have a right to get more obnoxious because you're in the minority and, and that kind of thing. <laughs> this, Patrick said Bob Davey picked a fight with a hot dog machine what? in South Bend. I don't remember ever hearing that, but that's that's gold. That's gold, I tell you. All right, well, some good stuff, some good, uh, some good frustration stories. I'm glad we've all lived past it. 